What's up, guys? Philip Vallejo here with the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. And before I go into episode 95, I wanted to take the time to talk to you guys about our field shooting workshop that we're going to be hosting Thursday, September 28th, 2023. Now, the field shooting workshop is an hour and a half long webinar where Kalen and I will be discussing all of our fundamentals, considerations, and techniques when shooting in the field, whether you're a competitive shooter, a long-range hunter, or professional sniper. We have over 20 years of Evolve experience here at the team at Modern Day Sniper, and we're essentially here to share with you our most current techniques that we apply in the field as we are delivering that precise shot when it counts. Now, the field shooting workshop is also going to be the launch of our brand new tripod masterclass that we've been talking about for years, guys. And the tripod masterclass to date is probably our best masterclass that we've put together. And if you guys are unfamiliar with our tripod masterclass or any of our masterclasses, our masterclasses, as long as you have internet access, you have it for life and you can watch it at your own pace. And we have a lot of success stories with shooters signing up for our masterclasses talking about everything that they've learned throughout the masterclasses from the fundamentals of marksmanship, circle of components, positional masterclass, and intro long range. So like I said, the tripod masterclass is our most comprehensive masterclass that we have on the market to date. And we are going to be releasing a bunch of bonuses during the field shooting workshop with regard to the tripod masterclass. And it's going to be essentially a one-time deal. So it's something, an event that you're not going to want to miss. So to head over to the tripod masterclass launch, as well as the field shooting workshop, you're going to head over to www.moderndaysniper.com forward slash workshop. Don't sleep on this, guys. This is something that you're not going to want to miss. And we hope to see you guys there at the webinar. And without further ado, let's talk about episode 95. So episode 95, I bring my good friend in, Matt Solowinski of RNS Solutions. And if you guys listen to episode 75, where we talk about second chances, this is the same exact Marine. And Matt and I, again, really good friends. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking and we wanted to talk about creating opportunities. And Matt is on his way out the door with the Marine Corps, but he's taking the time to branch out and network himself and get ready for that transition process because he is looking to apply his skill sets into the industry of long range shooting as and continue his essentially job as a teacher of long range, um, whether it's be civilians, military law enforcement, or uh, just regular competitive shooters. So Matt and I essentially talk about what his process is like and any kind of help that he can give those that are might be in the same boat of getting ready to transition outside of whatever they're doing. And this is essentially two hours worth of him and I kind of going down rabbit holes. But I promise you, if you love the motivational talks that we do with some of our episodes, this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. So without further ado, guys, Welcome to episode 95, Creating Opportunities. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. 
Like I went home and I threw away half the shit in my garage. Like just shit that I was holding on to this one day. Like I'm a mission or like whatever. And I no. I spent like three hours in my garage. I threw away like half of my shit. And I sat down on the couch and I was just like, there's like a weird burden lifted off my shoulders where I was just like how we're talking about like finally realizing it's time to let go. And it was just like I don't know why I felt so much better. I think I probably had the best night night of four hours of sleep I've ever had. <laughs> it was pretty wild. And now I'm like, just a bunch of other shit's been going on. I've been doing, I had a bunch of consulting meetings on the way back up here for my company with some people. Cause I'm like, I need to sort some shit out. Cause I just have, I've been failing on all fronts <laughs> to my standard, you know? Yeah. And your standard is pretty high. So it's funny that you say about getting rid of gear. I still have my my little uh, boxes from Iraq. You know when you're when you ship gear home and you you buy those like those uh black like gorilla, the gorilla yeah, totes, the gorilla totes. totes. That's right. I have two of those suckers still full of gear that I'm like maybe one day I'll like make a little mini museum and whatever shop or whatever I, I I have and I think that's why I hold on to it but every year I go through like this this like deep clean phase I'm like all right shit needs to come out new shit's coming in whatever the case is but it's usually just like okay and there's still like a handful of items that I can't get rid of that is just sitting there at the bottom of that tote or the bottom of the two totes and uh yeah bro yeah like because I'm like looking like how you and Kaylin have like the studio set up. I'm not really looking for a studio setup, right? But it's like now I got this barrel vice. I got this short action customs level, but it's like it just sits there. Like right now, it's literally you probably can't see it. It's sitting over there on this little. T- Granted, this is at my roommate's house, so I'm not gonna like mount it to his floor or something, you know, because that'd be fucked up. It's like, hey, I drill a hole in your floor, homie. No big deal. But it's like I want to set this stuff up. No space. It's just like. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I went so retarded in this, like, epiphany or, like, whatever, awakening. I threw away my first ghillie suit I ever had, ever built. Like, I was like, I'm done. It needs to go away. Why do I have it? And then I looked at the second one I ever made, and I was like, why do I have it? I'm never going to use it. And so I I literally just threw it away. (laughs) The only thing I kept was my Cobra. I'm like, that costs money. (laughs) I'll keep that, you know. Um. But I was just like, like it's at the point where like I had stuff like, dude, I had saw drum pouches. When the fuck are we ever gonna use saw drum pouches? You know, like I had like, I had fucking two forty parts, parts to two forty. Like you know what I mean? Like what the hell? Yeah, I honestly don't. I don't know if I still have my ghillie suit. It, I'm I'm curious now if I. If I do, hmm. Um, for everyone that is unfamiliar with Matthew Solowinski, uh, Matt is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we served together back in 2011 through 18, pretty much till I got out. Uh, served at Pendleton uh, at 1-4 and then uh, took some time off. We went our separate ways because he went over to pre-sniper. I went over to... Uh, cyber school and then he eventually met me at cyber school where we finished off our la- my last two years together 
and then I got out. But uh, Matt is still in our beloved core, doing doing awesome things. And if you haven't checked out uh, Podcast 75, we talk about kind of his story. But uh, Matt and I were recently together at um, Ohio Range Day uh, that um, I invited him out to to help us instruct because um, there was like some weird schedule conflict with myself, Ryan, Kalen. And so I was like, hey, I need another instructor because 20 bodies, because it's my now third year doing ORD. And uh, I was like, dude, I, I need to make sure that I have an, another instructor. So I invited Matt out and, um, you know, I figured it'd be for him and his company, good exposure. Um, and essentially, I, I don't really want to talk about ORD because um, I think we'll save that after action with, with Ryan because Ryan was, you know, there as well. But we missed each other earlier this year at Altus. And I think we really probably, I think we talked about it this year already, didn't we? How we missed each other. I think that was part of 75. It might have been a part of 75. I don't remember for sure. Yeah. I'd have to look at the timestamp. Okay. Well, anyways, we've been planning pretty much to try to get together since Altus, where I wasn't able to make it to, to teach with Matt. And so we met up with already finally. I made it on the second day, not the first day, because I had a private event to do. Um, where Matt's very familiar with the people that we're doing the private event with. Uh, but it all worked out. Matt uh, was awesome. The last couple, a lot of great feedback from the students uh, from that uh, customer base. And um, yeah, I, I think one of the things I, I really wanted to talk about with this podcast is like is like creating opportunity. And you know, one of the things Matt that you've been doing for the last couple of years now, since honestly, since Pig River, right? Immediately after Pig River, you started you started setting everything up and. Um, talk to me, uh, talk to us about your RNS solutions and how everything's going with that. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you were saying, uh, 2020 in pig river. So myself, uh, and my co-founder business partner, Corey Robinson, who obviously was at pig river as well with us, we were working at second EOTG, EOTG together and, we honestly had kind of joked about like, Hey, we should like start our own thing. Kind of like Kayla and Phil are doing. Cause it's like, nobody's doing it in North Carolina, which is surprising. Cause it's big military base right there. And, uh, so we had joked about it never really like nothing serious. It was just like, yeah, we should, we could probably do really well. And, uh, actually what ended up happening was we, I had him, uh, we had just gotten our new Dutch Marine, uh, Dutch Royal Marine. Um, I won't say his name because I don't know if he's into like the whole social media outside thing. I don't, I, I don't really know like their their stipulations, but he's a foreign exchange instructor. And then uh, another new guy, uh, Francis Santor. And so I was like, well, I've been an instructor for quite a while, at least in the Marine Corps sense. So they probably would benefit from going to another course. And like seeing how other people teach because we didn't really, we only taught one course a year. So we didn't really have an opportunity to like really other than murder boards where it's really hard to like replicate like student um, like exposure, like being in front of students and teaching and like that nervousness and all that other kind of stuff. So we went to River, did that and we came back and it just kind of worked out uh, our gunsmith. Who's also a 
uh, former sniper. Well, I guess he's still a sniper, but you know, retired. Uh, he opened up a range 20 minutes away from us and he actually reached out to us and was like, Hey, would you guys mind teaching some classes so we can get some students out there? Just, you know, get some customers as far as recognition for the range. So we were like, Hey, that's kind of like funny. Cause we were just joking about it. And, you know, we kind of got a little bit more serious about it after talking to you and Kaylin, we were at Pig River in between courses and stuff. So we ran our first course there. They did all the marketing, brought in all the people. It was a two day course, uh, just a basic introduction to long range. Um, nothing fancy, you know, just like fundamentals, putting a rifle together properly to make sure it fits you wind. And then like how to use your solver, um, over the course of the two days. And then we did that. And honestly, that was kind of like the spark that really lit the flame. Uh, cause we were like, man, we should, we could really do this. Like we have a range right here. It's basically what we do for the Marine Corps, but now we can do it for the civilians. And Rob was getting out. I want to say he got out in 2021, maybe 2022. Yeah, 2022. So that was another thing that kind of segue into, we were talking about, you know, as far as creating opportunities, it was an option for him because he didn't really know what he wanted to do when he got out. And we were like, hey, man, let's do this. If it works out well, cool. If not, at least we, you got some side cash and you can figure out what you want to do with your life. So I just jumped on the computer, typed in how to start an LLC in North Carolina, $128 later. We had a registered LLC um, and then we started, got a website, started doing all our own marketing and all the stuff. Um, and we just started doing one day courses because realistically as an active duty Marine, like, you know, and I'm sure anyone who listen, who's listening that's still active duty or has ever been active duty, you don't really get free time. Um, so we would just do one day courses on Saturday, um, maybe once a month, once every two months, just kind of based off tailoring around our schedule. And to be honest, like it's nothing crazy. We don't get like, you know, 20 man classes like we had at ORD or like at Pig River where you had like 17 for each course. Our biggest course was probably six people, um, but it worked out really well for us because we were able to rotate like, hey, you take February, I'll run the one in April. So we never really worked together instructing uh, in those civilian classes like we did with the Marine Corps, just because it didn't make sense to have two guys out there when we knew we could handle a six man course by ourselves because we did it in the Marine Corps where it was like a one to seven student ratio. Um, from there, I got an opportunity to do contracting uh, for some soft units. Uh, again, I'll keep the specifics out, out of it just for neutrality sake and NDA stuff. Um, but again, they were able to contract me through my LLC. Um, so now I do that at least once every year, sometimes twice, depending on availability of my Marine Corps schedule and if I could take leave. Um, and that kind of sparked it to where I was like, hey, man, this is like a real thing. If we could really make it work. And I will say that it's definitely harder than it looks, um, especially with a lot of conversations I've had with you as far as like, you know, you guys doing your own video editing, doing your own marketing, doing your own website stuff, all the kind of stuff you guys were doing in the beginning, like I tried to do it. Um, we achieved the task, but not as uh, cinematically or uh, visually pleasing <laughs> as some, uh, especially your guys' level of skill set and capability. I do think a lot of that is one, just like we kind of talk about, it's like having the bandwidth to be able to sit down and do that stuff for, because again, like I didn't get video. Now I know that could take a couple hours. 
for like a two minute, three minute session. And you're like, dude, I feel like I haven't done anything. Like, there what is are so many, well, there are only so many <laughs> hours in the day. And, and especially with what you've got going on, right. Um, in, in your position right now of, of, you know, trying to figure out the fate of precision marksmen in, in the Marine Corps. And, and, you know, obviously with the, um, the, I shouldn't say fall, but just the, the elimination of the scout sniper community, right. You're, you're kind of at that, that the tip in terms of just like knowing everything that's going on and trying to, um, figure out again, what's, what's in store for the, for our community as a whole. So I, I think the highest and best use of your time at that point is to, uh, use your expertise in, in figuring out, okay, hey, this is the best course of action to to train precision marksmen, not this is how you, you know, make a uh, make a video cinematically on Premiere Pro, right? So Yes, 100%. And, and um, although I will say a lot of that stuff, and again, with just our relationship, and again, I'm not going to lie, I have stolen a number of techniques that you and Kaylin use for the military side, for example, like the trigger cam and that little mobile TV. Um, like I just put a post up the other day where we were out there with the last sniper course that that's currently going and guys are having trouble with milling. Yes, we're still milling. I know that's a touchy subject for you guys, but we just don't have, we don't have the capacity to give everyone laser rangefinder. So we're still doing the legacy skill of milling. Oh, we could just leave that where it's at. <laughs> we'll have to d dive deeper because we are on the same page. Uh, it's just an equipment issue currently. Um, and so I literally was like, whatever, man, I'll pull my gun out, slow the trigger cam on it, lined it up on the target, threw the TV up. And I had like a couple guys sitting there and I was like, all right, like just explaining, like, you see how, can we see which way the wind's moving through, you know, on the screen through the scope? And like, yeah, it's moving left to right. Can we see the way the target is waving in the mirage? And they're like, yeah, we can see that. I was like, okay, like, explain to me what technique you're using to mill as far as like which edges like how are you following the waves because again there is some not to go super deep dive into it but you could mill it incorrectly just because of that wave where you can be off by 50 60 75 meters because you're milling the target too large or too small depending on how you're reading the way that target is waving in the mirage because it is distorting the image and a you know, mill uh, like stuff like like I brought that into our curriculum like we just picked up four trigger cams for the schoolhouse which fortunately will work for the PM course as well once that's up and running um, and it's just like what I noticed was for two things right and I know this work kind of deviating from the initial topic um, I have come to the realization as again one of the, probably the senior active snipers in the marine corps right now that have like that's still currently doing sniper things i'm definitely not the senior sniper in the marine corps but like i've been doing sniper things for over a decade now continuously you have i'm uh, like i'm like looking back at the date i'm like holy shit yeah, that two, was 2011 2011 to 2023 yep yeah shit so non-stop and i have come to the realization which a lot of it too was like the pig river course bringing it back like when me and Rob are sitting there and that's kind of how we tailored the EOTG course, we were like, how are these dudes in four days getting these civilians, not that there's anything wrong with civilians, but just, you know, some of these, some of those guys, uh, like one of the guys there, he's like, Oh yeah, I ne I've never done this before. I just built this gun. 
I wanted to come and learn. I'm like, in four days, this guy's, I mean, he was hitting three out of five, four out of six, you know, not perfect consistency, but at 900 yards. And I'm like, man, it takes us four weeks to get some guys to this point. And we are the professional sniper school. Like we are it. Like everybody looks at Marine Corps scout snipers. Like that's, the, that's it right there. Like that's where you want to be. That's where you want to go. That's what you want to do. That is the epitome of sniping in the military. And I was like, what are we doing? So we started implementing some of that stuff. And again, you know, like I said, I talk to you all the time about it. So it's like, Hey, what do you think about this? That just cause it's like, even though you're out, I know where you are as a, I'm going to say instructor. I know you're a verbiage's teacher. Um, from what you did when we worked together at SOI and how you and Bowen changed that program to like a 98% success rate every course, because there's always that one who just can't get that last hit. He's always, he's always on the last, he's always on the last shot and he's like, just misses it. Um, and so we started using that stuff. And like I said, I reach out to you and kind of pick your brain about it. And it really made me realize that like, with my LLC, like when I started doing that, I was like, man, this is one, it's proactive for me to get more reps teaching civilians. Cause again, like you said, you know, different backgrounds and realistically the way we were doing it in the, in the Marine Corps was like, you do it this way. Don't ask why this is the way it's done. Just do it and it'll work. And there wasn't really a whole lot on not all topics, but there wasn't a whole lot of like, why this works the way it works you know because we just didn't have the time to make it to make it work and i just kind of noticed the way you guys were teaching and how it's like in four days some you guys can explain the why so why the fuck can't i explain the why in four weeks you know um and it just kind of got me thinking i was like we need to start changing the way we do things so we started we've been implementing a lot of that stuff again i think it's just you know day late and a dollar short is what it is but it'll transition over to the pm course and then at the end of the day, like I was doing all this stuff, doing all this stuff. And that was, you know, year 16, year 17 in my career. And uh, like I said, we were, you know, we were talking the other day and it just kind of hit me like right in the gut where it's like, at some point, like I'm going to be gone. Like my time is limited. It's very finite. Like I've got basically two years and some change left and it's over. Um. So not that I'm trying to pull away from doing all that stuff for the military and the Marine Corps, because at the end of the day, like I am a Marine and this is my passion, whether it's civilians, Marines, whatever. Um, but I think too, it's a great opportunity for me to use some of the things that I've learned on the outside, pursuing my own goals to bring into the military. Cause I mean, if it works there, it's like, Hey, it transfers back over to the LLC. Right. Um, and I think that's just, it's one of those things where I'm trying to figure out how to tie this in. It's getting kind of weird. Sorry. Um, I put so much time and effort into the Marine Corps doing all that stuff. Like we said, you know, 13, 14 years now of just sniper stuff to where I'm like, I guess it's kind of hit me now where it's like, dude, what about me? Like pretty soon I'm going to take this, this outfit off and I got to figure out what I'm gonna do with my life. Um, so I am basically at the point now where it's like, I am now focusing, not that I'm 
sorry, my work phone is going crazy because the guys are still doing stuff on the range. Um, I still need to do my Marine task, but I need to also start transitioning and focusing on me because I don't want to be that guy. Like we, we all know, and you specifically know a number of them. I kind of know one that I'm, I talk to all the time who had like 30 days before he got out and was like, shit, what am I going to do with my life? Right. Um, and so with my LLC, I've been trying to focus a lot on like just taking the skills that I've learned from the Marine Corps and the dedication that I've had for the Marine Corps in the sniper community. Right, I'm just going to put this on silent because sorry, they're getting aggressive with those texts um, and transitioning it over to my LLC to make it as efficient as possible so when i do finally get out here in the next couple of years i can kind of hit the ground running like i'm sure there'll still be some transition time where i gotta get used to like oh i gotta like pick my clothes every day now i can't just like wear the same ones right <laughs> like i have to actually like make find stuff that matches and put it on before i get up and go outside um and use use all those skill sets and things that i've acquired over the years to make us make an llc and just kind of start that transition process now. I know that was kind of a weird segue, but that's the best I got. Sorry. Um, because at the end of the day, like the Marine Corps is going to keep going, whether I'm there or not. Like if I got out tomorrow, they're going to find someone to take my job and continue on. And however that it, however that plays out, it plays out. Um, and I'll be left in the dust. You know, just it's a huge, it's a, it's a 200,000 people machine. Like no one person is going to like, change the entire course of of the marine corps marksmanship program right whether it you know regardless of where it is or where you're at so um yeah i guess that's kind of how i got to where i'm at now in a weird long winded way with some turns and twists well so i'd love to point out some analogies here between your kind of journey within your two years of again inevitable you getting out of the marine corps retiring right and um when i i think for me i cut my teeth in the industry through competition and i feel like that's with you what you're doing right now with attending uh courses uh, whether they're, they're through modern day sniper or guest instructing at uh, other um other units, which I think is awesome. You know, you're, you're using the time, the free time that you do have to invest in yourself. Whereas other Marines will not, you know, they'll take their time off and they enjoy their time off, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that like, that's, that's a, that's a bad thing to do. Right. Especially, you know, uh, with the, how demanding and time consuming the job is, especially if you have families, you know, to be able to like unwind and, and, and go out and, and, and do that. Right. But, you know, it's a, it's all a balance, right. Of, of trying to figure out, okay, well, I need to make sure that if I do decide to get out of the Marine Corps, like, Hey, you have a plan. Like, you know, the first art stuff, right. Like, Hey, you know, what's your plan? Devil dog, all that crap. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, it's funny to say, cause like, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a plan until I got a phone call from Kalen, right? It was just like, it was happenstance, really. And, and we talked about that on, that on the last podcast that actually is going to air on Wednesday is, you know, some, there are people out there that are super goal oriented, whereas like Kalen, like he joined the Marine Corps to become a Marine sniper, right? There's, there's so many people 
when I went, when I was teaching at cyber school, I would ask the Marines there like, Hey, like how many of you guys show hands? Like, this is what you joined the Marine Corps for. And like, I'd say 90% of them raise their hands. And I was like, well, the unfortunate part is, is about 40, 40% of you guys are going to go away. <laughs> right. And I, and I say that, and I said that because at that point in time, even as an instructor sitting in front of them, you know, already, you know, a successful career as a, as a chief scout, you know, in two or three years into the sniper school house. At that point, I still felt like an imposter in the sense that like, like I just luckily, like all the cards fell, timing was right. I was too stupid to quit the screener. And then I happened to become a sniper and absolutely fall in love with it and grabbed it with both hands, right? So I say that because, you know, you, with you creating opportunity, I feel like even with your resume, like you could easily find a job anywhere in the industry, right? If, if and when the time comes for you to transition out. But the fact that you're being super proactive, you started your LLC, you know, you're, you're, you're giving it a shot to figure out, okay, is teaching something that I want to continue to do? Because one thing you're probably noticing too is that teaching civilians long-range shooting is a whole different beast in terms of like the way that you communicate to them. Like, I shouldn't say like how you're teaching, how you're teaching a specific concept, but just the way that you're talking to them, right? Yes, right? it's a different planet. Exactly, because <laughs> like with, uh, with young Marines, it's like, dude, they're going to soak up everything that you say because they look up to you that you're that you're a fucking like god, right? Like this guy is a subject matter expert. He's a fucking gunnery sergeant. He's probably killed a bunch of fucking people, <laughs> right? Because that's what I thought when I was going through cyber school. Like this motherfucker is salty yeah. as shit, right? Like I better listen to everything that he says because that's that's how I'm going to graduate cyber school. They were the war gods of our community, right? And and so when you teach a civilian, it's just a little different in terms of like, okay, hey, like I just need to teach this person. Right. And, and make sure that they enjoy their time, obviously, with the, the however many hours that I have them or how many days I have them so that they can have a pleasurable experience. Um, but ultimately, just get them to. Right. Figure out, hey, this is what their capability is as a, a precision rifleman. And just I would say not like, you know, you know, my goal is not to make somebody a ninja in four days because it's unrealistic, but just lay the foundation so they know where to go from there. Right. And, and hopefully give them the tools to where, okay, hey, this is if I want like to, you know, conduct more research or, you know, go down the path of competition, competition, like this is, you know, what avenues that I have uh, with this approach. And, and, um, you know, whereas obviously cybers, it's like, hey, you know, after, after 13 weeks of or 12 weeks of cyber school, I mean, you barely even scratch the surface of like, long range in general, right? So you have a super solid foundation, but you don't know anything about crap other than the M40 series sniper rifle, now the Mark 22, um, and the M110 SAS. And that is your that is your knowledge bank of long range equipment. Yeah. And I would say even that too, right? Like not for nothing. It's not that we don't want you to know more. It's like there's 47 other TNR tasks that we have to cover. So it's like, 
just get you proficient enough to where you could make it outside the wire with all the skill sets, you know, get you that 70% solution. And hopefully you and your unit and your team can, can clean up the other 30% before it's time to go hot. You know, um, I will say though, I wish you had started off with this speech before you had asked me my thing. Cause I feel like I would have been less rambling. Um, Cause it kind of like, I was able to collect my thoughts and kind of direct directionalize them. Right. Um, I think it's important about talking about like just creating opportunities. Cause like realistically everyone's like, Hey man, the Marine, when you leave the Marine Corps, you can do anything. You're marketable. Everybody wants you. Like you said, like I could probably get a job in the industry with anybody with my background, right? They could just look at it and be like, Hey, that's, we want to give this guy a shot. Cause he's got, it'll be, you know, a decade and a half of marksmanship under his belt when I, you know, hang up the suit. But I think realistically, like we have to think about like, what are your actual goals? Right. I think that's another big thing, which I kind of couldn't, couldn't grasp earlier when I was talking is like, I don't know how well I'm going to do with like another boss, you know, like in the Marine Corps, I do what I'm told because it's my job. Like I don't make up the rules. I don't, make up policy i get told what that is and then i execute um i do get to make up you know certain parts of curriculum how we conduct training how to get from point a to point b within certain lateral limits certain parameters right um sorry um but i'm kind of at that point now where i've realized 8 30 i retire like really looking to like have somebody tell me what to do when I get out. Probably not. Cause at 18, 19, when I get in the Marine Corps, it's like, I don't know anything. Like this is all new to me. So when this 20 year old, who's got two more years of life experience than me says, you will do this. I'm like, Roger that. Cause I don't know anything. So everything is learning at that point. Right. Um, but I think if you really, as anybody, right? whether you did four years, eight years, 12 years, 16 or 20, or even 30, you need to figure out what it is you really want to do, what your passion is. Uh, like I said, I, of all people, surprisingly turned out that I really enjoy teaching. Never would have thought that would be me of all people. Um, and I love teaching this skill set. Right. At least right now for marksmanship, there's obviously a lot of other things that I enjoy teaching that are more specific to certain jobs and skill sets and things like that. Um, but I think it was a that was part of the a large part of why I like said, fuck it. And I hit the submit button for the LLC back in 2020 because it gave me four years to really figure it out. And I had the ability to, if I mess it up, it's not putting food on the table for my kids because the Marine Corps is doing that. So I had that freedom of like, hey, I could take some risks that I wouldn't normally have taken if I was out and this was my only source of income because I could bankrupt the company, right? Or bankrupt just me in general. Um, so I kind of understood that I, I enjoyed teaching. It's something I could see being a career whether it was my own company or another company, but I definitely wanted to start with my own company because I had the ability to do that and fund it through my Marine Corps paycheck and not have to solely rely on, you know, the 
hopefully we get you know five students at this course so i can afford to like pay my car payment next you know this week um <clears throat> and so my advice to like everybody else that's like in that space trying to figure out whether it's you know instructing or starting your own llc or whatever is like figure out what it is you really want to do uh because again like you know we've all heard it where it's like oh i'm gonna get out and go to school what are you going to go to school for? Uh, general studies. I'm like, okay, so you have no plan, right? <laughs> That's the first one. You have no plan. You're just, you're going to go to school. You're going to collect GI Bill. And then four years after you collect your GI Bill, then you're going to really have to like face life, figure it out. Um, so I think understanding what your goal is, whether you write, you know, I, I'm, as you see, I'm taking notes because if I don't write stuff down, I forget it because I'm old now, but just writing stuff down kind of helps make it real. Um, and really, realistically, as you know, right, I mean, again, we don't have to talk about it because we've talked about it before, but like just to kind of a perfect example, which kind of probably really influenced my decision too, is like I've seen what happens when you don't really have a plan and then the Marine Corps kind of makes a plan for you. Like, hey, you're either going to go to Hawaii or you get out. You have 30 days and you have to sign this piece of paper within two days to figure it out, right? Um, which kind of happened to you where you had a very short window. And you're like, I can't do that because, you know, your daughter, which was like a big influence on how you, why you were trying to go where you're trying to go. And it just, the Marine Corps wasn't having it in that particular stance. The needs of the Marine Corps didn't line up with needs of Phil Vallejo. And unfortunately, like, I don't think you were ready at the time, but you're like, I'm, I'm getting out. It's time to be a big boy. I got to figure this out because sacrificing time with my daughter was not as important as the Marine Corps. You know, and I don't want to get to that point where it's like, again, not a knock on you or anyone who ever got put in that situation. It's just like having seen it play out multiple times, you know, with like previous chief scouts that we had that got forced out because he didn't have the rank he needed to reenlist. I didn't want to find myself in that situation. So it was like, okay, I've got three or four years before I retire and have hit my full 20 where I can make something happen ahead of time. Um. And that's kind of another reason why I started the LLC because it was something I enjoyed, something I could see making a career out of, or at least a company out of. And it kind of let me get out on my terms. Like I am ready to get out at 20 because I have set myself up for success. Cause you have TRS, you have skill bridge, you have all these programs that are available to dudes. A lot of guys don't know they exist. Um, and a lot of guys, don't really take it serious and then they get out and they struggle and like in me in your case like we got kids dude like we don't have we 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 are not afforded the opportunity to struggle and figure it out slowly you know like fortunately for me it'll be a retirement so i'll at least have funds coming in as far as like retirement money but that only goes so far so it's like if I really want to take control of my future, I need to start now and stop putting it off to the side. And like I said, that you know ties into the conversation we had on Friday for well, I don't know what it was like two, three hours while I was driving, where I was like the realization of like the, the Marine Corps time is coming to an end. Yeah, it's two years away, but it's still coming very rapidly. Um, and if I don't start doing things now, I'm gonna find myself you know, 30, 40 days away from retiring, being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, so that is why I think for me, at least starting the LLC and making the attempt 
and getting out and doing the guest instructing with you doing you know guest instructing at other other units and other opportunities like it gives me a true understanding of like is this something i can see myself doing for an extended period of time you know maybe for the rest of my life maybe not um and by setting myself up for success by taking advantage of the opportunities right because like you brought up you know guys get off and they go home spend time with their families but even the single guys right they go sit in the barracks play video games do whatever relax which again there's nothing wrong with that like you said but how many times are you going to do that with the intention of getting out of the marine corps before you realize like what could i have done to better prepare me to get out right because again i mean me and you we used to play video games on the weekends we play playing call of duty with the mics talking shit back and forth you know working on kill counts we were younger we had no intention of getting out so there it didn't really do anything negative for us but right but like now as i'm getting closer to that like i know i'm getting out like it is already set in stone in my head like 20 years i'm done it's not 20 years it's not uh maybe i'll do another four it's 20 and i'm done dedicated my life to this job as an adult time to get back to like family wife and kids and all that so what am I going to do to make sure that one, I can take care of them financially and what job is going to be there where I can spend time with them. And basically, I guess, you know, lack of a better phrase, make up for lost time because I don't know how much time we've sacrificed in this job because of our own choices. Right. So I think this is allowing me the ability to take control of that future and be able to make time for them and still provide for them in a manner that's enjoyable to me, but also allows me enough time on the other end to, you know, take those vacations that they want to take or go to the park or go to the pool or go to the beach. Cause realistically, I mean, in the last 17 years, like I, I could say, like I've taken two vacations in 17 years, you know, and it's like, that to me is like it was necessary at the time i convinced myself in my head but now it's like you know like they're kids they don't understand you know why like dad's always gone dad always has to work and so it's like i need to really buckle down and sort that out so i can afford them the opportunity to be be the dad that they need and the dad they deserve because it's not like it was their choice to like be born you know that was like my choice so like I got to own up to it and do it. So that's kind of like, I think a better answer to your initial like question as far as like why I think it's important for guys that are getting out to really think about it ahead of time, take control of their own options and their own life and like figure it out. I mean, it good. If your goal is to go be a burger flipper, like, all right, man, we'll start looking at, you know, in and out cars, junior McDonald's, whatever, like, which is going to be the best suitable scenario for you. Um, but just for us, you know, it just happens to be, you know, precision marksmanship training um, and in, in teaching because uh, it's something that we're very passionate about. And we enjoy seeing people be successful when they come to a course and learn how to do something they've never done before. So it's rewarding on both ends where it's like we get to make our own schedule. We get to, you know, provide for our family. And we also get to provide an, a rewarding experience for those that are coming to us and choosing to pick us to be that that guy to teach them something so hope that kind of explained it better than the first rambling attempt 
Yeah. I, one of the conversations that we had offline was, you know, about kind of my situation and how, you know, I guess people would tell you, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'm rephrasing this correctly, but like I was lucky uh, when I, when I, when I transitioned out because, you know, I was able to land a job at Gunworks and, um, and then, you know, uh, you know, link up with Kalen and, um, I mean, sure. If that was what make you, makes you feel better and helps you sleep at night, I was lucky in, in, in terms of like, you know, that timing lined up for me to the T. Right. But, I am very confident in saying that no one else had the resume that I did at that point in time um, in terms of not only what Gunworks was looking for, uh, but my, you know, um, resume in terms of, you know, my career in service and then the fact that I was already competing at a very high level in, uh, uh, you know, the PRS and the NRL at that point in time, you know. Yeah, and- like, um, sorry to cut you off, but because we... We talked, uh, yeah, I remember this conversation very specifically because we brought it up and we were first, and I, I probably stole this from like Bredros Koulian or one of those other like dudes because they say the same thing, right? And that's one of those things that resonated with me is like, you created your own luck. Like a lot of people don't realize like luck is involved in everything, right? Like shoot a target, like there's luck involved in that because you 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 made a win call. At the end of the day, no matter how scientific you are, it's a guess. So there's a little bit of luck involved in that, you know, like, oh, the distance, did I lace the target? Did I actually lace the target or did I lace the berm 50 yards behind it? I'm not really sure based off beam divergence and all these other weird things, right? So there's always luck involved. But in your case, like we said, when people say, oh man, Phil got lucky because the gun works in, in Kalen. I'm like, Phil created the opportunity to meet Kalen by taking a risk and going to, because I think you guys met at, shot show right yeah right like you didn't have to go to shot show that was a that was a choice like you went to shot show not with the intent of meeting kaylin and getting a job opportunity that was probably not involved in your thought process whatsoever it was like getting out to the industry seeing what's out there seeing what you could take back to become be a better instructor in the marine corps right more or less right plus you know maybe get some free stuff because we could be like oh we're scout sniper instructors get some free gear that's always you know that's always on the table but then getting out there and happen, you know, you happening to happen, happen chance to meet Kaylin, which is the luck. Kaylin knew who you were based off what you've done. Like seeing you in the PRS world, seeing you in the NRL world, knowing you as an instructor, knowing your name throughout the community. And those are all things that you did to put yourself in a position to where that little bit of luck where you guys ran into each other and started talking made him think, hey, this might be the guy for this job because if you were anybody else he could have just been like yeah well, i'll talk to you for five minutes and then i'll be on my way you know i'll be courteous with you because you're another sniper and you you know i respect what you've done just to become a sniper but you know he probably wasn't out there hunting for a guy for like who can replace me like who's who's the next gunworks guy right um so you created your own luck by putting in the work again because i don't know if we talked about on the last podcast but i remember 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, reloading ammo in the fucking living room, you know, doing all that. Then, oh, by the way, hey, man, can I get a ride to the airport? 
in like two hours. So I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I guess I'll drink an energy drink to stay awake because I didn't know. And taking you to the airport so you could go fly and shoot a match and get top 10 or get top five. And this and was then, after oh, a, hey, this was after a long week of cyber school. Yeah, right. And then it's like, oh hey man, who's pick when are you coming back? Oh, Sunday night, Monday morning. I'm like, who's picking you up? Is that me? He goes, Yeah, I was gonna ask you if you could pick me up. I'm like, oh, when do you fly in? Two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, okay, hey, real quick, go fold your camis and put them next to the couch. So I'll just grab your camis and put them in the truck. So when I pick you up, we're just gonna drive straight to work. And then we're gonna go do another week of out on the range or missions, you know, or stocking or whatever we're doing. Like you were putting in those hours and putting in that work behind the scenes that all these guys don't see. So when they make that ignorant comment of, oh man, Phil got so lucky because he met Kaylin or Phil got so lucky because he got that job, you know, and that sparked his ability to become who he is today. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's the two hours a night of sleep for six months straight that you were putting in or not putting in, I guess, where you were to the, when that, when that meeting happened, it sparked the opportunity for you to even be considered for that. And then once you got there, you didn't just be like, oh man, I made it. It was like, what did you do then? You kept grinding and you kept going, which then provided you the next opportunity and the next opportunity to get you where you were. So yeah, sure, there's luck involved. But again, you create your own luck by the amount of work you're willing to put in. And I think a lot of guys don't understand that, at least in the younger crowd. Like we've talked about where guys are like, well, I'm a scout sniper. I got a shirt and a shirt. How come I don't? Nobody wants to like meet me or nobody wants to give me a job or no one wants me to do this. And it's like, bro, you've done the same thing that every other sniper has done. I mean, at this point, what there's tens of thousands of us, which is in, in, in real, in high, you know, in real, in the real world, that's still a very small number, but it's like, you haven't done anything else. Like you got your shirt and your shirt and now you're like, I made it, but you have to keep going and keep going. Uh, and that's something that I think has always been why our relationship or connection, no homo, um, has always been so strong because we really don't know how to stop. We don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> and we're always doing something. <laughs> it's almost a bad combination for our significant others because we're always trying to outwork each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that's, that's, that's what it was. I mean, even, you know, I, I remember back when we were, uh, team leaders together, you know, um, and again, out of the four team leaders that there there were, like you were the only other team leader that was like, motherfucker, we're training to a standard, not to sixteen thirty, right? So it's like if I got to be out here all night until you unfuck yourself or we get this right, like guess what? Uh, I'm gonna tell the the wife that don't wait for me for dinner, right? And it, where everyone else, all the other team leaders were like, man, it's sixteen thirty, it's time to go. Right. And, um, I think that's one of the things that I appreciated about you at a very, you know, when we, when we first started working together was that like, Hey, like you get it. Right. Um, like, it, you know, going back to our one, four logo, logo or uh, slogan of whatever it takes, uh, because that's what it was, right. It was, it was just making sure that the Marines were trained and if there were deficiencies that we corrected it at that moment and not, let it wait. Right. Or, or, or not, not only that, just like, like let things like go by. Right. Cause I, yeah. I saw we, a lot yeah. of... we were really bad at not fixing today what we could put off till tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, even when you, so when you got to the schoolhouse, 
in 2017. Yep. yep. Yeah. I had yeah. been there for two years already. And, and one of the things that when you came, that was just a little bit of, I think different for all the instructors that were coming in during that time frame was, you know, we were, we were doing that experimental scout concept, right? So there was a lot of, you know, there's, there was a lot of animosity toward, you know, just being an instructor at that point, right? Not really toward anybody. It was just being an instructor at that point in time that was like, God, this isn't what I like, this isn't what I wanted to become a sniper school instructor for, right? To, to run this prototype scout course where everyone's a bunch of fucking whiners, you know, commands down our throat. And it, unfortunately it caused a lot of tension between the instructor staff. Um, but like, you know, again, what, what you did was just like, Hey, like, Hey, these are the cars that are dealt and this is what I'm going to do. You always had a solution for every problem. Right. And, you know, rather than just, you know, crying about all the fucking things that are going wrong right now with the scout course and, you know, command up our ass, it was just like, Hey, we're going to try to do this differently so that we can make a good compromise. Um, whereas, like I said, other, other instructors were just, you know, bitch about the, what was going on at that, at, at that point in time. And I'm saying this because I, I think another thing that you have to keep in mind is what I mean you, but the people that are listening, hopefully the younger snipers is that like, you know, when you are working with people in this community, like you're, your work ethic and, you know, the community is so small that eventually it's going to get around about like how you were in your day job, right? As a, as a team leader, as an instructor, and there has not been one person that I've ran into, you know, um, outside of like when, when, when Matt's not there that has spoke poorly about Matthew Solowinski. Like, there's not been one person that's like, oh, that dude's a dirtbag. Like, again, that private event that we went to, like, everyone was talking very highly of you, right? And it, like, it made me proud to to know and, like, like brag, like, dude, fucking Matt and I fucking came up together as young snipers, right? It made me proud to, to be able to say that to those guys, you know, when they, you know, and all those guys were our seniors, right? So... You know, for for guys that are listening, like, hey, you know, who you work with and how you present yourself every day, how you show up every day as a sniper, like, will echo through, you know, eternity. As long as, you know, people in your generation still exist in, in, in you know, wherever you plan on doing after, after the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, like, just add into that, too, I think, like, I came into that, you know, I fell into that particular time at the schoolhouse where it was like, oh man, like this is what we're doing. Like, cause I mean, I'm, it didn't, it didn't, I wasn't unaffected by it. Right. I was just like, oh, scouts, what, what's a scout? And then, you know, everyone explained to me what it was. And I was like, in my head, you know, of course, like behind closed doors, I'm like, oh, that's kind of gay. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, gay. And I'm like, all right, well. It is what it is. We got to do it. Like you said, I was just like, all right, well, let's figure it out and let's do it. Cause I feel like there's nothing wrong with complaining or bitching. Like sometimes you got to get it out, right? Like it's just, we all do it. But at the end of the day, it's like, we knew we were going to do it either way. Like we had to, like people were relying on us to get it done. So it's like, if you got to get, if you got to complain a little bit, sure, get it out of the way. But it's like, again, this is something like going back to like the way we've always worked together or like how me and Pacheco work together. 
Um, you know, I've had it in other people, like, like even with Rankle, right? Like Rankle was just like, hey man, like he had an infectious attitude towards like getting the job done and getting it done right to where like it was hard to be in a bad mood around him. And so like I always kind of took that from him and like, hey man, like of course nobody wants to do this right now, right? Like this is not what we signed up for. This was not what we came here to do, but this is what we're tasked to do. So it's like, let's make the best of it. You know, the worst thing that could happen is it's successful and we do a good job. People are proud of us, give us accolades, whatever, give us a letter of appreciation that we're going to throw in the trash, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, and that's one thing I will say too, like, because I know you said it before, you're like, yeah, you know, you feel like you, you feel like you kind of dropped your pack towards the end of your time. But I'll tell you one thing, like you may have felt that way, or maybe you did up here, you know, between the ears, but on the outside, nobody, nobody would say that, you know, maybe some of the guys that had worked for you for the full three years would, could say, yeah, I definitely noticed a difference, but I never noticed, like, I was like, oh man, like Phil, he's checked out, you know, like you were always doing something and you're always working as long as you weren't like in your phone, because sometimes you get in your phone and there's like 15 minutes where it's like, don't talk to him because he's not going to hear anything you say because he's, he's zoned out, you know, but it's like, and it makes people around you want to work harder. You know, like we said, like we would, we would challenge ourselves to keep going or to do stuff in like a positive way. It wasn't like, Hey, let's go punish the boys today because you know, they, we got yelled at because their camis were ripped and first aren't saw it. It was like, Hey, Let's go do this because it's going to make the guys better, you know, or like even like perfect example, which kind of turned into a little bit of an aggressive scenario. But like when we did the IA drills, remember we did the IA drills in the middle of the night and that was your idea. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And it didn't go as well as we had, we had hoped. And we were like, fuck, like we failed these guys. What happened? You know, but again, like we sure we, we were upset in the beginning and we kind of like barked at everybody, but then it's like, all right let's figure out what went wrong and let's fix it, you know? And it turned into a good thing because it wasn't just negative, negative, negative. It was like, Hey, let's turn this negative to a positive. And you've always had that kind of like, I guess aura about you. If that's a weird, like, again, no homo statement. Um, we're like, people want to do better around you because you make them want to perform better. And that's definitely something like I'll say, even for me, like I noticed, I'm like, Oh man, like, like we'd be out at the range. I'm like, oh man, Phil's shooting. I was like, I should probably work on shooting too, you know, or like, oh, hey, you know, we're tired waiting for the bus and Phil's going over stuff with the students. Well, let me go, at least, at least let me go. Even if it was, at least let me go over there and sit sit down next to him or stand next to him and like be involved. So it doesn't look like I'm just over here sitting on my phone. And then of course, you know, then people would ask questions and then you start answering and going into stuff. So it's always like, I think it's just one of those, like, again, like we said, like taking control of your scenario. Like if you, yeah, you can be upset and yeah, you can not be happy with the current situation you're in, but like you dictate how you react and how you conduct yourself during that moment. Right. Um, and again, same thing that we're talking about, like, you know, with guys getting ready to transition, like you dictate how your transition goes, right? Like you dictate how your range day goes. You dictate how, you know, your training goes. We dictated how. The course ran, we dictated how our teams ran based off of our performance or our attitude. 
it's the same thing. Like, you know, if you want to get out and go to school, like, what do you do? You dictate how you get out and how prepared you are. Um, and I think that's one thing that we've always really, again, like I said, we didn't really, we never really knew how to turn off. I still don't think I know how to turn it off. Uh, and I know you don't know how to turn it off because you're always still doing five things at the same time. Um, where it's like always trying to improve something and always trying to learn a new technique or find a new way to deliver information or like how to create a, a better experience for the student, whether it's a Marine Corps student or a civilian student or, you know, whatever it is to make sure that progress is always being made in a positive way, you know? Um, and so I think it's just what we do, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to end that sentence. I was, I'm just going to, stop now because i feel like i'm just getting lost in my own thoughts well there, there's a lot of there's a lot of great younger marines that have that i've seen come that you've sent to 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 the course which again i, I don't i don't think well hopefully they they appreciate and understand like the gravity of like you being able to send these guys out to our courses or other courses to get again you know uh sustainment training and you know when they come through class they hopefully look at it as a lens of like hey this is not just another intro like sure like m most of the marines that come through class they do have a good solid foundation right you were polishing at that point when they come through class right but i think the main reason that you send them to us is so they can see our delivery which we Kaylin and i have again crafted over the years of experience and one of the things that Keelan taught me, told me as I was getting ready to transition and teach at Gunworks real time, like I, I would ask him because we'd, we'd have our phone calls in, um, at least twice a week. Um, I'd be like, dude, you know, I'm getting ready to teach the first Gunworks class or getting ready to like, um, you know, start teaching. The, like, what do you, uh, like, what do you recommend like that I work on? And he's like, he's like, uh, build your diagnostic toolbox. And that's one of the like, if that has stuck with me of like trying to always figure out like if somebody is having an issue, like how to immediately correct it. Right. Um, and then not even, I would even say, sorry, not yeah. to correct it, but cause this, as this is something I learned from you too, at the pig river courses, how do I identify it? Yes. How do I identify that? And that's another thing too, is because like sometimes they don't know that they're doing something. I shouldn't say incorrectly, but just like, inefficiently right because like again if they're able to hit targets they hit targets right but then things i'm looking for like hey they're rebuilding their uh support bag or they're you know coming off target because i see them whipping back you know like their their whole if i have this if i see their rifle whip back to the target i know that they, they came off right so it's like hey you know walk me through your second side picture right where did that where did that end up he's like oh i'm getting this it's like okay well this is where you know you know, you start talking about angles and recoil management, but like being able to identify those things. And that's why, like, for me nowadays, it's hard. I don't like being on glass with students. I'd rather the students observe so that I can watch a shooter. And that, that, I mean, that's like, that's like day one stuff from being a cyber school instructor, right? Like at a hundred yards, you don't, you don't pay attention to what's good, what the groups look like down range. You look at the shooter. Right. Um, and I, and I think, you know, um, I, I remember 
you know, and I go back and forth because sometimes it's like, hey, the students have a lot going on. They're prepping stuff, right? Like you give them a course of fire and next thing you know, like these guys are scrambling because this is the first time they ever shot five targets in a row because it's something they're not trained to. And then they'll like try to get all their data ready. And so the last thing I want to ask them while they're doing that is like, hey, can you spot this guy while he runs through this course of fire? So then I end up having to like kind of like do both in terms of like watch call impacts and then watch a shoot at the same time, which is which is difficult. But I think if I like if I were king for a day and like I had all the support, it'd be like, hey, you know, the only thing that I want my instructors to do for the first couple of days is just completely watch that shooter so that we can identify all the bad habits and 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 make just clean up their efficiency behind the rifle so that when it comes to, you know, things that matter at downrange, we can help them with calling wind or whatever, then I'll get on glass. But, you know, for the first two days, I typically like to just watch the shooter um, to clean up or iron out any kind of their, you know, their fundamental um, discrepancies. Yeah. And like, I mean, you can do it from glass too, right? It's just much more difficult because you can kind of see a trend. Because I mean, I've done that before, like even recently, like I had a set of students and like three targets in a row. I'm like, Hey man, did you notice anything? Like you've been 0.3 low and 0.2 right for the last three targets in a row. And he's like, have I, I'm like, you didn't notice that. And he was like, no, he's like, I just saw that I hit. And I was like, sweet, you know? And you're like, all right, well, like, what are you like? And then I'll, then I'll start looking at them and see what they're doing. Um, again, cause I, at some point you have to come out of the glass, but it's like, then I'll look and be like, Oh, like I see you're put your, you know, you're digging too hard into the rifle and you're like pushing the muscle down before you shoot or like you're anticipating. So you're tensing up or doing whatever, you know, but like, um, I say that was one of the biggest things. And this is why I send my guys to you. Um, is because I want them because again, like we've talked about before, like are they they're gonna learn some stuff here and there, but again, you're not redefining the wheel as far as like the information you're delivering, right? You are redefining the wheel in the in the manner in which you deliver it, um, in the in the the way that you guys articulate it to make it digestible for every student, no matter what level of experience they're at. Um, but my big thing is like when I send my guys to you or whoever, I'm like, hey, I want you guys to really focus on how they're teaching or how, why they're doing this drill. What are they pulling from this drill? You know, so like it makes them better. You know, it's like, again, we, we're trying to in some weird way tie it back to the topic, right? Like I'm I'm trying to give them the ability or create opportunities for them to go and learn things that they wouldn't learn on their own. Cause again, like it's hard for us to do it on our own, right? Like even I'll call you and be like, Hey man, I keep having this issue. I mean, shh, fucking ORD. When I was like, bro, every time I do this, this happens. And you were like, well, what are you doing with the tension on your tripod? And I'm like, well, I'm clamping it down. Like, duh. Like, so the rifle doesn't fall out. And you're like, well, how much are you clamping it down? And I'm like, you know, like this much, like to the latches, latches. And you're like, try only doing it this much. And let me tell me how your, what your wall zone looks like. And so I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, ah, fuck you, Phil. Like that's way more better. Like, you know, but I wouldn't have ever probably figured that out on my own because I'm like, oh, I must just be muscling the rifle or this tripod's too tall or, you know, 
coming up with all different reasons why I think, um, but having the ability to have someone that just can literally just look at what I'm doing. And it's like, you ask the question, you already know the answer. Cause you could see what I was doing and you're like, Oh, what are you doing with that thing? I'm like, ah, crap. I'm obviously doing it wrong, but I'm going to be honest. Like I'm just, I'm doing this because I don't know any better, you know, even after however many years I've been doing it. Um, so again, like I'm, I try to, at least for my guys, create an opportunity for them to go learn to become a better instructor. Uh, Cause again, at the end of the day, it's like, you can only go so far on your own. Like you definitely need to take control of your own learning and your own progression. Uh, but it's also like a, a way you can do that is going to somebody else and giving them the chance to see what you're doing and critique you or provide another point of view. Right. Cause like we talk about like, I mean, half the instructor staff that I work with now was trained by me or you or someone in our generation where we're all teaching things a certain way, you know, and then things have changed over time between equipment techniques, better understanding of ballistics or just all the different things that have, you know, the, the evolution of the precision rifle over time. Um, and so like, I'm trying to get them to see those things. Cause again, I, I, Obviously, like you, you said, like I, I try to do it a lot on my own, but I also feel like I am, again, pretty lucky because you're always a phone call away or Caitlin's always a phone call away or Chris Way is always a text away. Like I have people, you know, or Gene is always a text away um, where I can reach out to people and be like, hey, I need this. I need that. Or I don't know what's going on with this. Not everybody has that. So it's like trying to get them to go to because that's the other thing too is like get them to your guys courses because i'm like hey now instead of you asking me to ask this guy like you've made that connection i've now provided you the ability to go straight to them and create another source of knowledge for your own toolbox right or your own diagnostic toolbox right like you can expand it because i may not always have the answer i may not always be available i may not always be there but somebody else might be able to sort it out um and again it's just so like guys can understand because again right it's just i guess again trying to tie it back like one thing i will i have noticed in the marine corps is a lot of times we we get stuck in the mental space of like there's always going to be someone there's always going to be a senior guy there to tell me what to do um and so i want them to be able to figure out how to do it on their own right go to their you know whether it's finding their own I guess find their own truce. Isn't that one of your guys' sayings? It's one of your, your, your big, your big phrase. Um, but being able to, you know, find their own truth or find their own answers without always having to rely on somebody else um, or always rely on the same person or be like, I don't know. So we're just going to do it this way because I don't know the answer. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I think one of the things that, you know, that takes a lot of humility on your part to, to know okay, this is who I am. This is what I've done for the last 12 years. Like, again, you, you have literally held a sniper billet for the last 12, 13 years. I shouldn't say it's unheard of, but it's very, very rare, right? I just want to let the audience know like, that that's super rare, you know, to, to be able to go from, you know, one sniper billet to another 
and have that continuity, right? Of like, okay, hey, this is what worked here, but then also be able to evolve that, you know, wherever you go of like, okay, hey, this is what used to work. Now it's not working. We got to pivot, right? Whereas like other instructors or other, I shouldn't say other instructors, but like, I know people that like fail to evolve and they'd be like, oh, well, this has been working for the last fucking 20 years. Let's continue to do it. Right. And, um, on your part, it takes a lot of humility to be like, well, shit, I don't know this answer. So I'm going to call somebody that does. Right. But it, it, there's always that intimidation factor. Cause I get it. Right. Like of like, I should know this, but the reality is, is like, I'm, if I'm reaching out to somebody, it's like, because I, I know they're going to have an answer for me and you have built that network of like, okay, well, if I don't know this, then I'm going to ask Phil, I'm going to ask Kaylin, I'm going to ask Gene, I'm going to ask Chris Way, um, because maybe they've seen it based off of their, you know, um, findings or teachings. Uh, but just the fact that you're, you're willing to ask that question. And I think that just goes back to the, the young guys that we're talking about. It's like, it, it's okay to not know the answer, right? Like it's okay to, to not, you know, be this, like have this like facade of like, Oh, I'm a scout cyber instructor. I should know everything. I mean, I mean, the reality of it is, is like, you don't know everything, right? Like, you know, what's your, your job and, and, and you're in, you're at the schoolhouse for a reason, but there are so many things that you're responsible for. Like, it's okay not to have the answer to everything. Yeah. Right? I think it's really hard for guys to get over that. Yeah. Like, or like get over that obstacle. Cause we always kind of forget like, you know, like I'm saying like, oh, like I'll call Phil, right? Well, like Phil didn't always know the answer to that. And he may not know the answer when I call him. I was like, but how did he learn it? If he does know it, he either asked somebody or, you know, he experienced a scenario where he was like, uh-oh, that's not right. <laughs> and then had to figure it out, you know, because every class you can only, there's only so much time to teach and there's only so much time to retain before you move on to the next subject. You know, um, I definitely say that's probably something that was, it took me a while to get over to, um, I think we could probably say everybody at some point was kind of like that. Um, cause yeah, I guess, I mean, you could say like, it is embarrassing where it's like, man, all these people look up to me in my platoon, my subordinates, my junior Marines or my, 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 my junior instructors. And like, I hope they don't ask me that question. Or if they'd ask that question and it's like, how do I deflect this? So it doesn't make it look like, I don't know. You know, like, cause I know guys that'll do that, um, which sometimes it's a good teaching tool, but then you kind of notice like after a while, you're like, ah, I see what you're doing there. Well, they'll be like, Hey, you know what? That's a good question for homework tonight. I want you to go find the answer. And then tomorrow in the morning that you're going to, you're going to brief me on your findings and then we'll discuss it and see if, you know, cause again, right. It, it teaches guys to like, go, f go find the information. Like yeah, at some point, like you, you may have to be the guy that figures this stuff out on your own. But when that's your answer to every single question, it's like, oh, okay, I know that's what you're doing. You just don't know anything. But if you keep putting the onus back on the kid asking the question, like it makes it look like you're you're being smart, but you're not. You're just being sneaky. <laughs> Dude, and that's an issue that I'm running into right now. Like, you know, one of the things, especially with long range shooting, that I like take pride in is is like is like trying to 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 like understand every which scenario a long-range shooter could get into this sport of long-range shooting regardless of what their application is right military law enforcement sniping long-range hunting competitive shooting um just being an enthusiast and and like uh 
I, I, I love, I, or I should say, I love, I hate not having the answer when a student's like, well, what about this cartridge? Or what are your experiences with this? And when I, when I have to tell that student, like, oh, I don't know, I've, or I've heard this, dude, literally the, the, the next day or that evening, I'm ordering parts for a fucking a cartridge that I'm going to have my gunsmith spin up just so that I can shoot, you know, a barrel out just to see if it's worth a damn, right? Like I've got so many different cartridges and calibers now that it's just like, it, it's, I mean, I shouldn't say it's pointless because like I've, I was, I'm able to like now talk confidently about them, but you know, that's one of the things that like I have a hard time like relinquishing is that like saying, telling a student like, oh, I don't know that answer to that question. Right. Because like, it like, it like kind of hurts my soul. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but now you have a bunch of barrels of cartridges that you literally have just because you wanted to go shoot 50 rounds so you could answer that question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Or, or shoot a bunch of bullet or get an optic, right. Get a specific optic. So that's like, okay, Hey, I've got some time behind this optic. Ooh, ooh it's complete side thought, but it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about in terms of like not knowing. Right. So there's a lot of assumptions of like, Hey, your basic Marine Corps Scout Sniper School graduation. Like, this is what you should know, right? How to zero rifle, how to float your turrets, right? I remember being at the schoolhouse, and there was always a debacle with regard to the premieres and the Schmidt and Benders. Oh, yeah. You me and you had about? a really heated conversation yeah. about this and one day. I remember. The, the question is, do you pull up or not <laughs> on a specific optic? And it's like... All right. And and I say this because like you know how many Marines fuck that up. And 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 I'll say this with even snipers, like how many snipers, if I gave them a box of twenty rounds and tell them to go zero their rifle, they're gonna come back asking for another box. Hey man, how many rounds does it take to zero your rifle? As many as you can give me. That's right. And <laughs> and like, you know, one of the things actually one of the things that we did, you know, at uh at the uh, YL ranch that we went to with those guys, you know, again, we demonstrated everything. Um, but uh, I zeroed my rifle in 10 rounds just so that I could, um, just so that I could show that it's, it's possible, but then so I can pay attention to the students because like, you know how it is like after at the hundred yard line, that's where you start to work out of the kinks. You see where people's rifle setups are incorrect. Their scopes are mounted incorrectly, whatever the case might be. And so I made sure to just zero real quick. And then I showed them like, hey, it, you don't need 30 rounds to check your zero. Like you guys just get into your head too easily. And I showed them my my prints, right? Like, hey, this is my first three rounds. I was a 10th high, came a 10th low, shot three rounds. I was still left, came a 10th right, floated my turrets, and then shot a four-round confirmation. And it fucking, I was like a quarter minute off my, a 10 and point aim, like a, uh, you know, high and left. And I'm like, you think I'm worried about fucking less than a 10th of mil that I can't dial for? Fuck no. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. That was a, um, I mean, yeah. Same thing when we did the pig river course. Cause I remember I, when I shot, I was like, feel, I feel like I'm so high. And you looked and you're like, bro, that's a half minute dot. What are you worried about? He's like, get out of your head. And I was like, okay. Yeah, you're right. Like for, for whatever reason, you know, cause I was like, it's not, it's not in the center. It's at 12 o'clock. It's not supposed to be there. But again, it was probably like a quarter minute of my intended point of aim. But because there was a circle there, I was like, it needs to be in the center. 
Like that's just a tip of the triangle for a reason. What's going on here? You know? Um, and that's, you know, nothing just like, I feel like that's, uh, I wouldn't say it's something we lost, but it's just one of those, like a lot of times guys will shoot more rounds than they need to. Cause they're trying to chase a zero or chase a dot. Um, because they want it perfect because they're like, it should be perfect because I have this name or this identifier attached to me of sniper or instructor. Um, or a lot of times, like I said, I mean, it's even pretty common lately. Um, for most part, I say like my guys aren't too bad with it, you know, but I mean, it's very common where like guys won't even shoot in front of the students. Cause then they're like, well, if I don't shoot in front of them, I can't mess it up. You know, and it's like, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that thought process. Like, that's kind of janky. Um, and I've seen that, you know, at different places. And I think, like, that's another thing that I've kind of taken from you guys where it's like, hey, like, we're going to demo in front of the students. If you're unsure of your performance, when they're at chow, do a couple practice runs. Like, get some get some practice in before you go live, <laughs> you know. Um because again, like I said, I, mean, I think it, it not for nothing, it does it means something for them to be able to see you do performance on demand. And again, I honestly don't care if they do, hey, I'm gonna run this drill twice before the students get back just to make sure everything's like savvy. Like, sure, go ahead. Cause at the end of the day, like you still have to perform on demand and you still may pull a shot or you still may hit something low, but at least we can talk about it and be like, hey, like not every time is the shot gonna be perfect, you know, or see he missed. But because he did everything else right, he was able to self-correct and get back on target. Because sometimes it takes two shots. You know, again, it's, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of those that we were talking about. Like sometimes guys get super wrapped up in the numbers and like the prints and they'll just blow massive amounts of ammo or they'll blame something other than them, like their gear or the bullet or whatever um, as to why it didn't, perform the way it was supposed to my favorite is when when students are having issues with their rifle and um like i'm they're just all over the place and it's like i'm, I'm watching the groups and watching them and i'm just like i can't see anything at this moment so i was like maybe it is a rifle so i was like hey you mind if i take a few shots on your rifle and they're like yeah and so then i go down and I put three rounds on top of each other and I'm like, okay, well, it's clearly not the rifle. So let's like peel back the layers of like, and then I have to, you know, cause it, it happens with me when I can't see everything right with a student. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it, it's very rare in today's world, especially with the education of like long range systems, education, of long range, people getting quality components, you know, it's, 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 it's far and few between now that we have students show up with, uh, a rifle that doesn't shoot well, which is nice, um, you know. Uh, but I would say, w with my transition out of the Marine Corps, that was like my biggest like slap in the face. Was like getting a gl uh, a group of students, like eight dudes, in like eight different rifle systems. You know, whereas like at sniper school, it's like, hey, it's all the same thing, right? The only thing that's different is maybe some length of pull changes or you know, uh, eye relief changes, but for the most part, like it's all, it's all one system, right? Yeah. It's the same parallax knobs, yeah. same, same clicks and clunks, same suppressor. And, and so same magazine having to like try to figure out, especially when it came to zeroing, like 
guys would always mess up. Um, it's the Vortex Razor Gen 2 uh, optic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... Yeah. Still got that guy sitting on a rifle. How... Just, I mean, just, again, the, the I mean, the zeroing on it is fine once you figure it out, but it's just not very, it's not just not like the other systems, right, which are commonly just unscrew a couple screws as long as your zero stop is set, like for the knife force, and then twist it back to zero, right? Like, yeah, you know. It's a very unique system. Yes, yes. And so guys start losing their crap because it's the first time that they've they've done it, right? They They, you know, admittedly went to, the gun store probably ran into Ryan when he was working at PSA and was like, Hey, can you, can you BZ on my gun? <laughs> and they got it back. Right. And they're like, Oh now off to modern day sniper. And, uh, you know, so like we always tell people that our intro course is more like a kind of like intro advanced course to where we actually just got a critique about this on, um, uh, on one of our surveys about how our, prerequisites was not uh, detailed enough because on day one of our advance, we started shooting off tripods and doing some stuff like that, which to be, to be fair on that guy's end, like he's absolutely right. Like we, we should have put some prereqs in terms of like, Hey, you should probably have a better understanding of how to shoot from a tripod or positional. Um, but it's hard because like, as you're, you've seen this, like as your level of proficiency increases, your, idea of what a basic shooter should know also increases do you notice that like like as you're like oh my god like this should be like common knowledge right and like you get pissed when you know you 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 expect something you know you're let's say you guys go out to uh instructors to same a day you're like hey we're gonna we're all gonna zero rifles we're gonna validate trajectory and then two of your instructors look at you like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. It's funny that you say that too, right? Cause I say, I've definitely experienced that as well, where it's like, I'm just like, Oh wait, did I cover that when I taught the class? And I'll ask him, I'll literally have to ask guys. I'm like, Hey, when I taught, when we, before we came out here and got on the fire, like when I taught the class, like, did I cover this? And like all the students would be like, you sure didn't. And I'm like, fudge. All right. Bring it back in real quick. Like, I apologize. Like, it's just, Somehow I missed it, you know, because you forget that like some of those guys, like they they legitimately just don't know, you know, and it's like, and you forget that like, hey, that's it's a very whatever it is, you know, like like parallax, right? Like I don't know how many times I forgot to like cover like, hey, when you do parallax, like you need to you need to bracket it, go get to where it's clear, go forward, get it blurry again, then bring it back, and make sure it's come back, it come it comes back to clear, so you know you've got it as finite as possible and i'll just be like hey man make sure you check your parallax and like okay and then like god will have it on infinity like, well it's clear at infinity and then you just said it needed to be clear and i'm like ah oh, you're right like i did not explain that correctly or i just completely missed it and then just said it needs to be clear and you know what the parallax knob is so you just spun it till it was clear and now you're at 100 with an infinity parallax on because you did exactly what i asked you to do but because i didn't explain to you how to do it right because you just forget you know, because he and like I said, not for nothing, like that guy was like, Yeah, you know, you didn't really explain the periods correctly. Like, you may have had four or five classes before that with guys that just happened to be more experienced. So you didn't have to cover it. And then you just 
it became normal to not have to cover it or put that in the prereqs. So then you did get somebody who was like, oh man, this guy's behind the behind the power curve. Not his fault, but like we had just we've just happened to have a, a couple classes with a, a few different groups of students that were just further along in their understanding of all the processes and all the pieces and all the parts and all the performance steps. Um, so it just became normal not to bring it up, you know, and you're like, Oh shit, like got to dial back a little bit because, you know, fortunately somebody was at least willing to bring it up. Like, Hey, you know, this, you know, this kind of caught me off guard or this kind of messed me up. And you're like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like we probably should do that. We just haven't had to do it before, but now we know it's something that's been identified that you didn't realize had become, like you, like you said, your your understanding of what basic is had superseded that, and you forgot that, like, or just didn't realize, like, you had left that part out, you know. So, that's definitely a big one. Like I said, because I I feel like I do that every class, every class. <laughs> I think, I think one of the things we did before. I I, I want to get back to it. There's a lot of things that are. Hopefully, going to be changing with modern day cyber the next uh, few months once we kind of clean up our systems. But uh, you know, I think what we want to do to kind of avoid that next time is like, in, instead of like the prerequisites of like, hey, you know, I've been to this class or an intro class. Like, when you show up to an advanced course, you this is what you should be capable of already up until this point, right? You should be capable of you know, engaging targets of known distance from 300 to 700, uh, two and a half to three MOA wide in 10 mile an hour wind conditions, right. And achieve a, you know, 80% hit percentage. Right. Yeah. Or you should be like, put some, like put some hard gates. Yeah. yeah. Is, like you should be capable uh, of engaging or, you know, shooting from a tripod and producing a sub three minute group with five shots. Right. And under, three minutes, which is, which is our advanced modern day sniper advanced evaluation, right? Shooting a tripod, well, deploying it to standing, shoot five rounds in a three inch circle and do that under three minutes. Right. And, you know, cause again, every instructor, every, you know, cadre or whatever, they only, they all have their own different level of proficiency in what they teach. You know what I mean? Not saying that modern day sniper's bar is high or low or or but whatever. Might, but it might be. It might be. And it's just like, hey, this is just what we're expecting when when I come and I'm in, in my head, like, hey, this is what an advanced course is. Even though like I fucking hate that term. Like I hate advance because there's no such thing as advance, right? Um, but also it's like it's like more of like a marketing thing, right? Because like it, it, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I know we're going down a different rabbit hole, but I'm going to peel back this later real quick of our naming conventions, right? Because realistically, it should be like a level two. But the problem is, is like no one, when they're like looking for long range shooting, they're not looking for a level two course for long range shooting, right? After that intro class, it's like an advanced class, right? So like what's more likely going to pop up in the Google searches? An advanced long range course, Right not level two. And so that's why we now have to, you know, put advance whatever course, um, even though I freaking hate that word because it's just not, there's no such thing as advanced shooting techniques. I've said that plenty of times already. I know that. Sorry, guys. So, um, 
but when you do come to an advanced course, like we're expecting that you're able to do all the, the specific tasks that we already evaluate you in the intro class, which is zeroing your rifle in 15 rounds, uh, doing a 21 dot drill, which shows us that you're capable of driving that rifle in, you know, um, very riflemanship conditions uh, in under an inch or to the capability of that rifle system without the influence of, you know, wind and environmental factors. And then validating your trajectory using a ballistic solver. It's funny because I, I was just watching, reading the TNR tasks of the manual that you sent me and all this is kind of in there too. Um, and then engaging targets at known distance, engaging targets at unknown distance, given a modern laser rangefinder, right? That's, I feel like, again, that is when, when we, when you get done with our intro class of four days, you're not, I would say you haven't achieved mastery of that. Maybe some guys have, but like, you know, that that is what we deem that if you're a basically trained rifleman, you should be able to execute those five tasks, you know, with some level of proficiency. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's hard though, because um again, what if they didn't do your specific course? You know, that's where I think too, like you can't tailor it for everybody. Cause again, not saying that that guy was wrong, right? Again, I mean he has a very valid point, but it's also like what basic like what intro course did he go to? Did he go to your intro course? Did he go to my intro course? Did he go to, you know, somebody else's intro course where their standard for, Hey, you've achieved familiarization or proficiency for the intro course that by the end of the two day, three day, four day course was this, but may not be the same as yours. Because right? again, like you said, every instructor's understanding or not understanding, but I guess it would be like their standard, right? Yeah. Their, their idea of what the standard is for an intro course. It could be different from the next instructor and the next instructor and the next instructor. Like some guy might be like, hey, you just to be able to chrono deter it distance targets. That to me is an intro level rifleman. But for you guys, like you might be also, you know, being able to shoot unknown distance by using a laser rangefinder to find the target. It's still in the prone, you know, but it's just adding one more tool to the toolbox to the process. So by the nature, it's like, hey, I did this intro course, so I'm coming to your advanced course because it's closer to me, you know, or I want to I want to see what you guys bring to the table because I've already been to this guy's course. I want to get another flavor of instructor to, you know, open up my, my, you know, toolbox and, you know, learn something different the way you guys teach it. Uh, and the standard is just different because you're basing it off of your intro course. Like you can't base your advanced course hard gates or like expectations off of every intro course out there on the market because that'd be impossible right um so sometimes it's just like hey like it is what it is like this is again if you put those hard gates in there, and maybe someone's going to be like you know what i don't think i want to go to this course and you lose that potential customer but at the end of the day like that's not anybody's fault it's just that guy wasn't ready for it but at least he identified it because you also have to play the game of or at least understand the fact that like there might be nine other people here. And if I have to go backwards with this one guy, I'm taking away from everybody else's experience. Cause again, at the end of the day, right. It's like everybody paid the same amount of money. 
everybody is hoping to achieve the same level of training and get the same amount of time with the instructor, understanding that they have to share time with everybody because nobody's more important than the, than the other guy there. Um, so I think, like you said, like throwing in those hard gates, or maybe that's not the right word, but it, we understand what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at for them to really evaluate, Hey, am I ready for this course based off of the other stuff that I've done? Um, Cause again, it's not everybody is, you know what I mean? Like we say, like, you know, Marine Corps is like everyone Marines a rifleman. I'm like, nah, man, not even everyone's issued a rifle. Like, come on now. Um, it's just, you know, some people just have to, again, own their own deficiencies or efficiencies and be like, I am not ready for this. You know? Cause again, like, I think we said, look, even the, I, I go back to that pre river course a lot when we're talking, cause that was like my first real experience. And I got to see a lot cause I was back and forth between like student and semi instructor for that one. Um, there was guys that were at the advanced course where we all said like, yeah, he should have been at the intro course. Like he, he wasn't ready, but in his mind, he thought he was ready or realistically. I mean, like I didn't really talk a whole lot. He might've just been like, Oh, I just clicked the course and came to it. Cause I figured they're going to teach me anyway. And I'll just pick it up as I go. You know, and it's, you can't always control that. Like people are going to make decisions based off their own understanding of what their skill set is. But I think, yeah, setting that, setting that standard and allowing them to like make that decision. And unfortunately, sometimes you just got to, you got to deal with it as the instructor, you know, it is, but there's always going to be, it, it, it's always a possibility that, you know, someone's going to misjudge their capability and show up and be underprepared more than likely not on purpose, but. Yeah. And I'll leave it at this, you know, with, with the intro class, right? Like we had, uh, and I'm going to leave his name out of it just for, you know, privacy reasons, but, um, he was my senior, uh, and actually Kalen put him through sniper school. So, I mean, he's been in the community for a while, uh, well-respected. Um, he came through our intro course and again, he's, he's been a sniper, you know, retired on the Marine Corps, a reconnaissance marine he came through our intro class and like he no shit bullshit gave us like an assessment of like hey this is what we can do better this is what we can you know clean up on but at the end of the day like his biggest like debrief point was that like hey you know with what you guys are teaching out of all the courses that i've been to like i've learned more with this course than all the courses that i've been to in the last six months like long range shooting courses right and we're talking like sniper jesus courses um and i've been saying that word lately because it's been but it's i've been i've been triggered um but um and that was that was awesome right and and the fact that this 20 year old 20 year sniper right who taught at the basic course who taught at the advanced course right was able to repeat an intro course with us and still gain value like don't ever let your ego be too high to where you can't say, I probably not, you know, I probably don't need the intro course again, right? There's so many of our students that have have retaken our intro course multiple times. And I make sure, you know, that's one of the things that like our debris points between Ryan, Kalen, and myself, when we get done with class, I always ask, what can we even at the end of the day what can we do to make clean that up right and what i mean by clean that up in terms of efficiency of students so they're not staying around but when we teach a specific topic 
how we make sure that it turns into a 100% retention. This is what you were going back with earlier uh, in the podcast about like, how could we have worded that or demonstrated that or what drill could we have done to where 100% of the class is able to retain it, right? And understand at that point in time with just saying it one time, right? Because again, you say it one time, you, if you're, if you're a good teacher, you read the room, you realize, oh shit, I only got like 30% of these guys to understand that. Okay. Let me try it a different attach. And, and, you know, I think the, one of my favorite teachers out there is Jacob Bynum, who you and I had the privilege of being able to, to, to learn from in our young sniper days. Um, he is a really, really good teacher because he doesn't use big words at all, right? Like he, he breaks everything down to brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah. right? Do you remember his brushing brush your it, teeth? Brush it with the left hand. Yeah. You remember the brushing your teeth analogy? <laughs> I was like, dude, that is perfect, right? Where, where like... I know sometimes like I get on my high horse or like I, I, I use too big of a words and then I realize shit, like I just need to keep it simple. Um, but like that's always our goal is like, if I, if we say something, we want it to be a 100% retention where like everyone understands it the first go so that we can now work on, you know, other things or like try to fit more tasks, you know, within the four days so that again, you're, we're maximizing that person's experience um, and just making sure that they're, they're confident and capable with their abilities at the end of it. And, and again, when we're, we're, when you go through an intro class, whether it be with myself, Matt, with RNS solutions, with CR2, with Frank Galley, you know, whoever's teaching intro classes nowadays, you know, the, just keep in mind, like their goal is not to, you know, turn you into a PRS ninja at the end of those four days. Right, they're there to give you a foundation, and hopefully increase your vernacular so that as you start diving into this journey of being a long range shooter, you'll be able to navigate, you know, forums or or whatnot, but ultimately have just a good strong foundation to fall back on, so that you can improve your skills from there. Right, um, because a lot of times when you start with your bad habits of you know, slapping the trigger, it, it it takes a lot longer to unfuck them than it does to start new ones. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a good point. Like I said, I mean, I think we, we've all said it, like, it's almost like our goal is to work ourselves out of a job, right? Like not have, like I tell, like, I always tell that with all my students, it's like, my intention is for you to not need to come back to take another class. Because hopefully I did a good enough job this time for you to get it, understand it, and be able to progress on your own um, and continue, you know, getting better. Now, if you want to come back, please do. I'm always, you know, one, it helps me put food on the table or, you know, like pay the bills. But it's like my goal is not for you to like need to come back where I'm like, hey, man, I only taught you enough to where like now you need to come back and learn the next, learn the advanced stuff and then the advanced level two and advanced level three like that's not it um but again i think too like we were talking about like as far as like trying to figure out how to get that how, you're like hey how do we clean that up how do we make it better um i always think that's hard too because like you say like you know jacob bina uses very simple words uh which is you know perfect for me because i still eat crayons for a living um but it's also weird too because i think like sometimes you know like 
I like like Kalen, for example. He's probably the perfect example. Of like, because he'll sometimes say things where like he just he's just more well educated. You know, he's been around longer. He's read more books than me. He's done more schools, whatever. All these just you know. As in, like, he'll use words where I'm like, hey, Kaylin, I don't know what that word means. Can you use a different word? And then he'll say a different word. I'm like, ah, okay, got it. You know, because again, like, it's just, you know, there is a like, it's a balance of being like, you know, I don't want to sound like a rock, a rock eater when I'm teaching, because it does kind of like have a certain like connotation to it, right? Like, oh man, this guy doesn't, he doesn't sound very intelligent. So he may not know very much. And you can, you might lose focus from the students because they're like oh man this guy he sounds dumb even though everything you're saying is perfectly correct and it makes sense you know so you got to find that balance because but if you go the other end where you're like using too many ten dollar words people are like i got to google every other word like i can't keep up i don't know what's going on um so i think yeah it's always that it's a it's a never-ending battle of trying to figure out the best way to deliver that information to where you get 100 percent retention because it may work for one class and the next class you might only get 95 or 50 and you're like dang i thought i figured it out last time and now i gotta you know change it again um but i mean that's the the life of always trying to progress and get better you know um i think that's the biggest thing for us in our space along where we're at is like obviously we want to get better at shooting continue to pro- progress in our own skill set but our hardest thing in our line of work now is like you said, like, how do I get this to where I can maximize understanding and retention every time for every group of students so that like, I, I figured out the recipe to deliver these guys, how to bake that cake or how to make, you know, how to cook that steak and be able to just knock it out of the park. Um, it's hard because it's always changing. The ingredients are always getting mixed. <laughs> So we're at about an hour and 40. We've kind of taken a kind of a slight turn, but it's okay. It's been a very joyful conversation. Um, I do want to ask you one last question before I hand off to kind of, you know, asking about what you got going on. Uh, but I want to ask you your take on competitive shooting. Like I already know the answer to this, but I think the audience should hear it um, because I, I love your answer um, in terms of like why you compete and, you know, your just overall thoughts on being a competitive shooter um, when you do, when you can compete at the local matches. Okay. That was a good one. That's an easy question. <laughs> uh, so again, in regards to like the military background, um, cause we know we always talk about it. Like a lot of guys are like, Oh, it's a game. It's not, it's not, doesn't apply to what I do. Um, I think competition is super important because you have to apply all the skill sets, whether it's, you know, like you're using your military stuff or you're doing your law enforcement stuff or just the competitor in general to where you're always trying to figure out problem solving. Like this stage requires you to shoot targets from these positions in this order this way. Um, and you always have the ability to do something different or learn something new, um, almost every stage, right? Because every match director will design stages in their own flavor, and you have to adapt to that on the fly. Um, in regards to like the military, I tell these a lot of guys like, "Hey, sure, we're not going to walk out on 
on a mission with that pump pillow or like that, you know, extra Arca plate with the bag mounted onto it. But we do have kit that could replicate the same function in that, you know, in our line of work that you can pull from competition, right? Like we've talked about before, Hey, sure. You're not going to carry a pump pillow. Like the example I used earlier, but we might have a day pack or a rucksack that you might be able to do this similar, use it in a similar manner to get that stability, to be able to take that shot and hit that target the first time. Um, and again, also, like, I think it's one of those, again, for us as instructors, especially, in the, I'm going to relate a lot of this to the military space, because again, that is the bulk of my life for the last 12, 13 years, is we always know the course of fire as instructors, and we dictate it, right? So, like, being able to put all that all that into somebody else's hand and just be a guy that performs on demand, it helps you identify a lot of things that you didn't know you were deficient in. Um, and identify a way for you to improve and get better. Um, whether it's prop shooting, tripod rear, um, or you know, not die, not touching your turrets, or just you know, PIDing a target. Like you know, like it's like, hey, when you're shooting out of the cutout that is a circle, you only can engage square targets. When you're shooting out of a the cutout that is a square, you can only engage the circle targets. Um, to be able to do all that stuff, because again, when it's when when I'm running it as a sniper instructor. I know course of fire, the UK, I TE course of fire. know all the different courses of fire because I either help build them or I've been running them for 13 years. They don't like they are, they're, they're, they're mainly the same. There's very few changes because they are a standard. Um, so you're not really progressing or learning. Um, and it's not putting you out of your comfort zone to make you better all around as a shooter. Cause again, I, in my eyes, marksmanship is marksmanship is marksmanship. Any chance you can get behind a gun, whether it's a competition in PRS or NRL hunter, or just me and Phil going out to the range and randomly picking something to do and see who can, who can outperform each other gives you an opportunity to make progress. Um, and that's kind of where my take is it's just in competition in general. You know, whether it's at that competitive level or, you know, the local match level um, or again, or just a group of buddies going out and just being silly and making up different obstacles for us to go shoot and try to see who can, who can, who gets to, who, who, who gets the free beer at the end of the night because they shot the best, you know, or whatever. I I truly appreciate that. And it's funny because I was expecting a different answer um, and I actually got a better answer. Uh, but I think what, what I like about your mindset with regard to competition is that like you compete because of those reasons, but also not to be like competitive. Like, you, you know, sure we have like in the Marine Corps sniper community, like it pays to be a competitive shooter, but that you don't let that ego part of that, like hinder you from going out and competing and not getting first. Right. Cause like, again, like when we have skin in the game, sure. It, it, it chips away at our ego. Again, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of going to match, getting fucking wrecked and being a little sourpuss about it. Right. But like, you know, that like, Hey, based off of everything I've got going on, I don't have the resources to, to try to commit to compete at a high level, but I'm going to go to compete to, to stay relevant, to, to, to work on my deficiencies right as a as a shooter 
right? And then still try to figure out what I can do to take this information back to the community, right? Whereas I think a lot of people, shooters, again, I'm guilty of it, like get wrapped up in the, of like the competition side of the house of like, oh, I got to be competitive. Like, no, like go there to learn, right? And I always tell, like you said, you said it, you said it in a different way than I did or that I'm going to, but like competitions taught me more about my shooting than going to any other course, right? Because when you go to a course, you know, and you and I have been through all the courses, right? You've, you've pretty much taught at all the courses, right? <laughs> right? And so, you know, when, when you go through that course, mountain, urban, the instructors are there to, to teach you how to be successful with their curriculum, their program and instruction at that specific venue. But when you go to a competition at a range that you've never been to before, and now you have to shoot on the match director's time on demand and solve this problem, like it really allows you to be like, oh shit, like, because no one's holding your hand at that point. No one is showing you how to be successful. Like you got to figure that out on your own. And that's one thing that I appreciate about competition, but more or less I appreciate about you in terms of like knowing that. And I think that is another hallmark of, of why I think where you're at, where you're at, you know, um, and why you will continue to be successful two years after you, it's time for you to separate from the Marine Corps. Um, you know, uh, and I'm telling you stuff that you don't already know that we don't already talk about offline, but anywho, what I wanted to kind of finish this off with is probably going to be like exactly at two hours, but, um, kind of just give us uh, an update of like what you've got going on aside from shooting, you know, talk about your, your, your prep and then, um, how guys can train with you out East. If, if they're out East, you know, um, wanted to take a, a one or two day course with you, how to, how that, how that process works. Okay. Um, so since you brought it up, I really haven't really talked about it too much out loud other than individual people. I am, I, I am retarded and decided to do a classic physique show. So that's another <laughs> stack to the plate. Um, that's, I'll, I'm about seven weeks out. So that'll be November 11th is my show where I get to parade around in my underwear and hopefully people say I did a good job. Um, but, uh, right now currently for RS solutions, uh, I have no courses on the schedule at either location. Um, like I said, we were talked about a little bit. I was like, after a very hectic, busy year of just being all over the place, doing 20 different directions all the time, I am currently undergoing a complete restructuring of my website, my marketing and the overall focus and goal of the company. Again, this is one of those, like, if I want to make this successful, I got to really put like a lot of real focused effort into it, but I do have private courses available. So if you would, I can't in my current state with the Marine Corps, like we were talking about, you know, doing the PM core stuff, I can't, properly prepare a full like hey five six seven eight man class um at my current location but and i've had some guys reach out already so i just like you said it's it's not impossible for guys that want to do like one-on-one or like you know maybe a, a, a two buddies that want to come do a private 
uh, two-on-one course. Uh, you can reach out through the website or you can hit me up on Instagram um, or even reach out to me through any other social media platform. Honestly, like I've had some people reach out through the Modern Day, Modern Day Sniper Network, um, like Phil Walters. That's how he, um, it's Waters or Walters. I'm totally butchered that. Sorry, dude. Um, where he was, it was, it was close to him. So he came out and did that one day course. And he did the after action on it. Um, and we can do some, we'll set, we can set that up where I can do like onesies and twosies for now. And that's probably going to be to at least till like, I'm going to say the end of the end of the year for at least for 2023 um, until I can get that structure really set in stone. And then it'll just be like anything else jumping on the website. We'll have the course structures listed out because um, not for nothing. I know obviously we talk a lot of long range stuff, uh, but my counterpart, uh, Rob, he's in Idaho and there's currently not a long range facility out there, but for guys that are interested in like pistol and carbine or uh, concealed carry type stuff that are in that Idaho region. Uh, he runs courses out there doing that until he can get a long range facility set up. Um, so that is another option, but just trying to clean all that stuff up and make website a little bit more user-friendly, a little bit less clunky. Um, so it's just easier to navigate. I think right now that was our kind of our biggest hindrance right now is like you click some stuff and like buttons don't work. And I'm like, I don't know how to fix that. Uh oh. <laughs> like, so then I spend six hours trying to figure out one little button. So yeah, just hit me up on Instagram um, or Facebook, and then or you can go to the website and then you can. It's got like the little, what do they call that? Where you can like type in your name and your email and ask a question um, to reach out to the uh, info at rssltd.net email, um, and I'll reach back out to you. I have everything linked to my phone, so I'm pretty responsive within an hour of getting a message. Usually, we'll get a response. Um, and if you're in the north, the eastern North Carolina region, um, we can set something up and knock some knock some one on one private stuff at least till the end of the year till I can get everything else settled and actually get some courses back up. Hopefully next year it'll be, you know, every other month or however I can do it um, much more proactive. So just so everybody is tracking that I'm we're going through a restructuring phase because I have let some things fall to the wayside. I need to also do some cleanup and some some house cleaning items for myself and be an adult awesome well guys uh if if you're in the area uh definitely take take them on that opportunity when they do arise uh, matt i appreciate you spending another two hours with me we've had we've had lots of conversations the last week um since since uh already uh, which I'm sure I'm, I'm actually going to invite you back out to do another podcast with Ryan uh, so we can kind of debrief that. Uh, but, hey, man, uh, you already know all the feely, clicky stuff I, I have with you, so there's no point in re-beating uh, re that bush. But um, I look forward to seeing, you know, what uh, the future of the the marksmanship program PM marksmanship, I don't whatever cyber community with uh with your time there and um yeah dude I'm I'm excited for your for your transition out and and again for everyone that's listening Matt does a uh, contract for us for a few a uh, few classes uh so we'll let you know um which classes that those are we're going to get a little better about like organizing like hey this is who you're going to be your instructors for these next 4 days um, so, um, once, once we get our schedule out, I'll ping Matt, see what, where he's available. Um, but yeah, hit him up on the network. He's very active in the network as well. Thanks for doing that, Matt. And, um, yeah, man, 
appreciate uh, everything that you continue to do for the community inside the core and outside of the core. And uh, yeah, man. So for everyone that's listening, thanks for listening to the last two hours of us ramble. We talked creating opportunities. We talked some instructor stuff, had a little bit of bromance, but that's okay. Um, so uh, all the love and support, guys. We appreciate you guys. And um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Until then, you guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. <laughs>